Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right, we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. We are we... the Classic Gaming Brothers. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. Now, before we... Before oh, we... this is episode 99. This is episode 99! This is... It's over 99? It's over 99. This is one more until we get to the big 100. Which, if you guys are able to read a calendar, you would know and anticipate that our big 100th episode will be on Halloween. Ooh! Well, 100 is scary. Anyway... Welcome back. This is going to be a fun episode in regards... I just like prefacing it before the episode even begins so you know you're ready to rock and roll. This episode, though, we're going to kind of go over about a cool convention that we're going to be attending. And we're going to chat a little bit about it, get you all hyped up to listen to us go to this. And then when we get back from the convention, we will tell you about it. So that's what this predominantly this episode is going to be about we also have a secret surprise at the end of this episode it's it's going to be fun yeah i love surprises but anyway i don't think people listen to us to listen to us talk about things that aren't really the episode i mean unless you do then i'm sorry because most of this gets cut out anyway i'm gonna keep it all in just because you said that but what you've already cut out never be heard again Anyway, we should talk about what games we've been recently playing. Yes, yes, we'll get into it. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Seth, recently I have been playing a game called Asterisk in the Great Rescue. So this was created in 1994 by Core Design and published by Sega for the Sega Genesis and the Master System and the Game Gear that trifecta wow is it the same game for all three like the master system isn't like exactly the same as the genesis version but the master system and the game gear versions are very similar to each other so asterisk and the great rescue is a platformer based on the comic series asterisk the comics originally began back in 1959 with a comic called asterisk the gall and uh have been published pretty consistently uh i think the most recent one came out uh, like a few years ago, the original creators, I believe one of them passed away and the other one kind of took over. And then I think the other one might have stepped down. Um, so they've they've gone through different kind of iterations of creators and such at this point. It's a very long running series. But um, yeah, Asterix is a, a comic that I grew up reading as Seth grew up reading Tintin. Yes. So we, we really liked reading comics that no one else our age group was reading. That's right. That's right. Obscure foreign comics. But Asterisk is primarily the story focuses on a small Gaulish village. Gaul being the predecessor to France. The, the people who lived there were the Gaulish people um, in the what became france and the small village is holding out against the roman empire and the reason they're able to do this is because they have a magic potion that grants the uh, villagers the ability to punch the romans incredibly hard and make them fly away with every punch it's very cartoony and the game is very cartoony as well and the, the game is pretty much this storyline it's you i mean you have to rescue someone but it, it's mostly you beating up romans yeah it's pretty much what asterix novelists do uh, it's actually very hard game uh you aren't given a lot of chances in terms of uh your like like for example if you get hurt like three times you die and you get hurt three times very frequently <laughs> so i i say once you get past like the first three or four stages of the first level then it starts to kind of pick up difficulty and then the uh, i think the second actual level so all the levels are broken down into different stages and the, i think the last the second level is much harder the first level as a whole 
Mm. I don't think I've ever gotten past the second level, to be honest. How many levels are in there? So I think there are four levels that are all broken up into different stages. So the first level is the Roman encampment. So you leave the village and then you go into the Roman encampment. And then there's the, the forest and then Germany, and then a Roman galley. And I believe in the last level, you have to fight Caesar. It's just like uh, in the last just like level in Fallout. of and Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah. Except not, you don't kill Caesar in Wolfenstein. No, you I mean, don't. to be fair, you don't kill Caesar in this game either. You just punch him real hard. But yeah, it's like Fallout. Asterix and Obelisk, just like Fallout. Anyway, uh, that's the game I've been playing. Seth, what have you been playing? I have recently been playing The Beast Within, a Gabriel Knight mystery. This game was actually published shortly after Asterix and the Great Rescue wow. on June 30th of 1995. It was developed by Sierra Online and published by Activision. Now, this is the sequel to Gabriel Knight's Sins of the Father and the prequel to Gabriel Knight, Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned. It covers the story of the protagonist and perhaps even titular character, Gabriel Knight. He's a journalist and writer. In the first game, he is a bad writer, and he owns a bookstore where nobody buys books. And he essentially just lounges about and is a layabout, and then gets kind of caught up in this voodoo murder and he investigates it and then writes a book about it he also gets involved with this like german family or his relatives are german and he gets essentially like this castle in germany and a bunch of wealth and then he becomes a very famous writer with his voodoo murder mystery becomes very successful but then he has to go to germany to go to his keep that he inherits and while he's there he gets approached by the villagers and they ask him to solve a murder which they think is being done by a werewolf. Oh, is it? I don't know. I haven't beaten the game. It's actually the only Gabriel Knight that I have not beaten. A fun fact about the Gabriel Knight series is each of these three games have been done in a different medium. So the first game is a 2D point-and-click adventure game. The second game is a FMV, which is full-motion video game, where there are actors portraying all the characters in it. And the third game is a 3D game. And what makes me sad about the second game versus the first and the third game is that the first of the third game gabriel knight is voiced by none other than tim curry he is not voiced by tim curry in the second game because Uh, tim curry yes that is not tim curry he does try to put on like a tim curry impression but it's just weird growing up playing gabriel knight where both gabriel knights were voiced by tim curry and then watching an fmv where obviously they couldn't get i mean i guess they could have dubbed in tim curry's voice but that would just been weird Tim Curry's a very distinct voice. Like he is, he's a, he's a very distinct person. Right, but he he's not Gabriel Knight, so he couldn't be Gabriel Knight in the FMV, which is why maybe in 1995 he wasn't cast as him. But they could have dubbed him like his voice in. They should have just cast him as Gabriel Knight. I mean, just put him in a wig. That would have been amazing. Yeah, just give him a Gabriel Knight wig. Because Gabriel Knight has those like long flowy locks. Right? <laughs> he does have long flowy locks. Yeah. We have actually uh, never talked about Gabriel Knight except in passing when we talked about Sierra in episode 35 when we had Damien on the show. And you mentioned it again in the episode with Tasha when you were talking about the cat hair puzzle. Right, yes, because there is an obnoxious cat hair puzzle in Gabriel Knight It has Knight its own 3. Wikipedia page. The cat hair puzzle? The cat hair puzzle has its own Wikipedia page called 
called Cat Hair Puzzle. I'm aware. That's why I brought it up. It's it's topical, or at least uh, important enough to have its own Wikipedia page. Anyway, you could expect an episode about Gabriel Knight, where we'll talk about the games in general. Anyway, but that's not today's episode. Today's episode is going to be about Retro World Expo. Retro World Expo, I'm just going to describe it from my knowledge. I've actually never gone to Retro World Expo, so I'm at the disadvantage here. However, Retro World Expo is an expo that happens in Hartford, Connecticut, which is the insurance capital of the world and also known as Connecticut's Rising Star. <laughs> That's a nice name, Connecticut's, Connecticut's Rising, Rising Star. Star. Yeah, I once saw it on this really faded poster on the side of the highway when I was driving through Hartford once. That seems to sum up Hartford, right? It's the Rising Star that faded away. <laughs> and we can make fun of Hartford because we're originally from Connecticut. So any of our Connecticut listeners, I mean, if you're if you're from Connecticut and you're listening, you know. But November 6th and 7th, which is a Saturday and a Sunday, which is weird. I wish it was a Friday and a Saturday, but I guess beggars can't be choosers. The 6th and the 7th will be when Retro World Expo will be happening at the Hartford Convention Center. And Zachary and I will be attending the Retro World Expo as Classic Gaming Brothers. Those are our costumes that we'll be going. Yes, yeah, our cosplay. <laughs> If you would. Or cosplay. Oh, yes. We'll be cosplaying as the uh, the Classic Gaming Brothers, a famous podcast that you may have heard. And it's been going on for a little while and is a celebration of all things retro in regards to like gaming, consoles, even like retro technology. And apparently this year there's going to be live wrestling. Which... Yeah, I don't remember if there was live wrestling in the past, but I'm not really a wrestling guy. And I And I'm not a wrestling guy either or else this would be a wrestling pie unless it's celebrity deathmatch i feel like i would have gotten into wrestling if our parents let us watch wrestling mm. but they didn't so i never got into it so uh since zach has gone to retro world expo yep at uh, least i'm twice. gonna at, at least twice possibly <laughs> <Yeah>. more <laughs> I times remember going, i remember going twice i don't know if i accidentally went a third time we're i'm gonna ask some questions about uh retro world expo to zach first and that's how we're gonna do this episode so yeah strap it uh so zach in your own words what would you say is what is retro world expo uh, so retro world expo is a retro video game convention now as opposed to like pax which in my opinion yes pax is a convention but pax is also a trade show where you are going not necessarily to buy things you're going to look at people's things that people are creating such as games or or um apps or platforms or or stuff like that while there is a buying element i would say i didn't spend as much time buying things at pax as you would at retro world expos retro world expo is primarily catered toward buying and interacting with people in the retro community and it's kind of just your general convention vibe like what you'd get from a comic convention what are you looking forward to seeing at retro world expo this year yeah so i'm looking forward to a lot of things there's a couple of dealers who i have had good experience with in the past one who i don't remember the name of but um they do primarily import games from japan and uh it's always good to pick up a couple of import games when you can find them they're not super common to find here in the in the states there's also another dealer who actually has a store up in new hampshire called gaming primate and um i don't get to see their 
stuff very frequently um he does a lot of not just retro games but he also does a lot of reproduction cartridges of like translations and stuff like that so he has like the original final fantasies on nes translated properly into english um so like final fantasy 2 and 3 which we never got here uh, on the nes originally so uh, he has like reproduction cartridges of those he also does other reproduction cartridges and um, homebrews and stuff like that uh and then outside of vendors there's a couple of youtubers who i think would be fun to meet uh metal jesus who uh seth and i are a fan of the game historian who he does great content and uh yeah and a couple of like indie developers and stuff like that right yeah so if you want somebody who does more in-depth game reviews or game history stuff you can always listen to classic gaming brothers but the game historian probably does a little bit more so i would i would describe the gaming historian as an educational video series i would describe us as an entertainment video uh audio yeah 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 we we pride ourselves in our knowledge but we are not selling you our knowledge we are selling you our banter That's right. Yeah, you listen to the show because I make fun of Zach. Yeah, and, and because we're funny guys, I hope. Um, but um, the gaming story you'd, you'd, you'd watch because you actually want to learn something. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you could also listen to us for ASMR to fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, if you want to fall asleep to my, my sultry tones, then yes, go right ahead. I mean, that's, that's what I do when I'm here in the you studio. You fall asleep to my sultry tones? <laughs> yeah. I'm that's like weird. Past that. I'm passed out of the corner. Okay, okay. I'm like I'm like sleeping on my desk. Uh, so I'm excited to uh, since this is talking about the future. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a Retro World Expo. I'm ex- I'm looking forward to seeing their uh, free play section because I think they have some pinball games that they'll have there. So I'm looking to play some pinball games, especially maybe like the Creature from the Black Lagoon if they got a copy of that. I'm always interested in looking at playing some games and uh with some hand sanitizer and then uh i'll uh i'm also interested to see what they will have for sale both in the art and in the video game section and i'm also um interested in seeing who who they get for developers and if there's going to be any kind of new video games that are being developed maybe by a really small team because perhaps we might get some more indie dev yeah content so on their show. i'm yeah, I'm looking forward to networking as well with those people because, you know, as as a small creator, we like to promote other small creators, whether they're independent developers, YouTubers, podcasters. We feel like there's enough eyes and ears out there for everybody and more than happy to help promote other people's stuff. Yeah, I, I, so I don't know 100% what the layout and stuff is going to be like this year, but I do know um, the past two years I've gone, there have been sometimes booths set up with people who are Twitch streamers who aren't, you know, huge Twitch streamers. They might have like a following of like 100 plus and even podcasts who will set up and they'll, um, they're just there you know, look into network. So it'd be great to network with some of those, like Seth was saying, with some of these smaller content creators and try to offer a little collaboration with them, maybe. So perhaps people who we meet at Retro World Expo, you'll hear on the show in the future. Perhaps. And perhaps people who are going to be at Retro World Expo will listen to this episode and being like, they're talking about me. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Retro World Expo, it's a convention. It's going to yes. be in a convention hall, yep. which is a, a large building where people stand around and set up booths. It's kind of like being outside, and, but inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how is it? How what, what are the different sections of retro world expo like how is it set up so the the last time i went which was one of their bigger so i I, i've gone twice i went once in 2016 when it was still starting out 
because the the corporation that runs Retro World Expo, which I think is just called Retro World Expo Incorporated, they uh, formed in 2015. So one of their first cons was, I think, 2015, and their second one, I think, was 2016. So in 2016, when I went, it was very small. But in 2019, when I went... Um, it was a bit larger. Um, so the way it's usually split up is they'll have the convention hall itself, which will be the area with the dealers, the vendors, and and usually the vendors and the, the artists and stuff usually are kind of kept to um, one area and then another area will have a different tables lined up of the celebrities and stuff like that so it's kind of there's kind of a scattering of of the vendors and the artists and they usually try to keep the artists together and the vendors and kind of together um and then the all the celebrities are kept in one section then the last time i went in the same room but in the back of that room was the free play area which was just kind of row after row of arcade cabinets and a lot of cool arcade cabinets a lot of pinball machines um and then they have kind of a section of just monitors running various retro game systems so like sega genesis 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 i genesis 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 Genesis, uh mega drives drives. (laughs) um uh, various nintendos of all various ages um gamecube switches stuff like that probably one of the cooler things that i saw was someone had brought in their pong table which wasn't like the arcade version of pong it was a coffee table that had a mechanical version of pong built into it um that functioned using like levers and pulleys and stuff oh like that's that. pretty cool yeah it wasn't like a digital version of pong it was like a mechanical it was a, pong like an analog version. it was an analog pong. version of pong that that ran uh it was like built into a table it was very cool to play with um and i think it actually had like lights it would light up but they have they do have various arcade machines pinball machines there was a virtual boy one year probably won't put that on my face <laughs> this year i mean i want to put it on my face in general so that's usually how it's divided so that's the first floor um the second floor is the main event hall so when they do bigger panels or events such as um if there's band playing or if there's a big panel with a lot of um with like a famous person they might have a the bigger hall and then there are various smaller panel rooms where they'll have kind of just the general panels that are hosted by guests so this might be like for example i attended a panel on nest maker which is a tool used to create video games for the original nintendo so i saw a panel hosted by the creators of that in one of these panel rooms um there's like panels on modding your video game systems on like collecting um they do a youtube uh connecticut youtubers panel where they bring together some youtubers from the local area to talk about um their experience with youtube and the retro scene and stuff like that nice yeah i'm looking forward to um checking out all the things now so you've gone to retro world expo twice yeah in those two times have you seen anything that you were when you walked away, you were happy that you had attended Retro World Expo and you saw those things? Yeah, so I definitely got that feeling from some of the panels I saw. Uh, the interactions I had with people. Um, so one of the last years I went, I got to meet uh, the voice from NBA Jam, Tim Kritzow, I believe, who does the like boom shakalaka voice. So he was there and he really easy guy to talk to. So, I, I you know, some of the celebrity interactions um, give you kind of a, I think, a good feeling stepping away. You get kind of a, you get, it's not like when you go to like Rhode Island Comic Con or New York Comic Con or some of those bigger comic conventions, especially in this area where you have to wait in this long line to go meet someone one 
who might be kind of well known these people i mean they're famous in their own right but it's not like you're meeting william shatner so you don't have to pay like 300 dollars to shake his hand most of the time you can just walk up to them and being like hey how's it going you know so it, it kind of gives you a more more down to earth you know i got to meet a youtuber called stop skeletons from fighting who used to be known as the happy video game nerd i'm kind of a parody of the angry video game nerd and uh his table like it, it, he at the time i walked up to him there wasn't a line so i just walked up and said hi and i had a great exchange with him and then walked away so you know uh that those kind of moments you kind of can get from this type of convention now we we've mentioned that there are dealer rooms and like artist alleys and all of that and we've actually talked about shopping since zach out of the two of us is is definitely more of the connoisseur of retro material and and a pretty good thrifter and we talked about shopping if you're interested in that in episode six of our of our episode and this is now episode 99 it's a good one and i i guess and in my opinion it's been a long time since i've listened to it so it might be garbage but uh have you gotten any good pickups when you've gone to retro world expo yeah so the last few times i've gone i have picked up a few things from my for my own personal collection that i i wanted in terms of video games i picked up a a pretty inexpensive copy of paper mario which i was looking for and i was able to get it inexpensive because the label was torn i also picked up uh, a couple of import games for the famicom and super famicom um, which you know good to have and unrelated to video games i also picked up some uh, laser discs because i have a small laser disc collection and i wanted to add a bit to my own personal collection nothing crazy but just stuff that i found and you know picked up some art and stuff like that i got um, a nice little sonic painting that i actually have hanging up um, next to me right now and uh, a couple little like figurines just to put around next to the phlegmoid painting that it I is painted. actually it's actually under the phlegmoid painting that i painted for that you, you painted yeah because I'm a, I'm an aspiring artist. Now there's a there's a lot of vendors that are going to be at the convention, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Would you say it's a good place to go to buy video games, or do you feel like you have to be careful when buying video games there? So if you are starting out and looking to get into retro game collecting, I would say so. It's not the ideal place to find good deals on expensive games um so if you're looking for like if you're the kind of person who like has to have the mint copy of earthbound in the box with the strategy guide you're going to probably find it at a, at this convention you're probably not going to want to pay for it at this convention because uh, the, the prices on some of these games are going to be competitive and fair to what the market value of them are on like things like ebay you'll probably be paying less than you would on ebay because in reality the people who are at these conventions know that if they sell it for ebay price you're just going to go to ebay and buy it because you can probably get it cheaper if you look carefully you know now if you're looking to make a deal if you're looking to say barter or trade uh, this would be the place to do it these vendors will often take things into consideration you know you pick up a box and it's dent or it's damaged and you say hey uh, this box has a couple of like rips in it you know i know the box goes for a bit more but you know in this condition would you do this and offer you know offer a lower price i did that with paper mario i found a copy of paper mario i wanted a copy of paper mario for my uh, n64 just to play it there was no label on it like someone wrote on sharpie paper mario on it 
So I said, hey, missing the label, what will you do? And they're like, oh, would you do this? And I said, hey, you do this? And they're like, yeah, we'll do that. And I was able to get a deal on it. Now you have a Sharpie Paper Mario. Yeah, but it's, you know, if I want to play Paper Mario, it works. So if you're just looking to maybe add to your game collection a couple of games that you want to play or um, maybe some commons, I would say this is a great place, you know, um, because you can probably pick up like a bunch of uh, commons for pretty cheap. Commons being like easy to find game sort of deal. Um, If you're looking to add something rare, this might also be a good place because it's where you're going to find it. Just don't expect to pay like thrift store prices for it you know like i found a box copy of conquer's bad fur day at a savers for 15 dollars. you're not going to find that at retro world expo it's probably going to be like 200 dollars. if you're looking to just find rare games yeah you're going to find them i mean there was a guy selling rule of rose which is like a 500 dollars ps2 game for that price at the last time i went to retro world there's someone selling a sculptor's cut and 64 copy which is like i think almost a grand right now like you're going to find those games it's just just gonna they're just gonna be the price you would expect them to be sort of deal what i would recommend is know what you're looking for um so i'm going to make a list of the games that i want to find and day one those are what i'm going to keep an eye out for and if i see something that's slightly out of the price range that i'm going to set for myself day two i'm going to find that game if i can find it again and i'm going to try to make a deal because that's what you do on day two is when you make the deals because day two people don't want to lug home their inventory they want to they want to get their inventory out the door so a lot of times people are just trying to sell on day two so uh there's a little advice for you that's like the advice you get from anyone who goes to conventions though now um if i wanted to start let's say i wanted to start a small physical game collection Mm -hmm. where should i start uh should i start by buying things at retro world expo should i figure out what i actually want to collect like yeah figure out what you want to collect first um and then you might want to focus on getting those common to find games those commons as i refer to them so i was at retro world expo when i went back in 2019 i remember there's one table and it was just wii games but it was like shovelware wii games they were all a dollar and there were hundreds of them there's probably like 300 wii games on this table all neatly organized alphabetically by title all like a dollar two dollars a piece because they were all like bottom of the barrel shovelware games if that's something you're into that's the place to go you know um like if you're looking for the if you're just looking to fill up a wii collection like you just want to be a completionist and get a 100 percent wii collection that's your kind of price to go if you're looking to build up your collection in terms of just some regular titles like common titles but maybe a little more harder to find like like things like Ninja Gaiden, Castlevania, uh, Mario, Sonic, the games that you will find out in the wild, but might go for a little more depending on where you look for them, um, depending on their condition. Um, you might want to try at the convention because you'll definitely find a copy of it. For example, I, I wanted to get a copy of Castlevania 3. I found a copy of Castlevania 3 at the convention. I bought a copy of Castlevania 3 at the convention. <laughs> so it was like, I knew what I was looking for. I went to find it. I found it. I checked the price. I was like, yeah, this is fair. I bought it. Uh, I think I haggled down like five bucks. So like, know what you're looking for. I would say know what you want to collect. You know, if you want to collect Sega games, know what you're looking for and know what you might have trouble finding at your local game store. Um, That is what I would recommend. There are a couple of um, indie developers that have been announced that will be at Retro World Expo that we are excited to meet and possibly maybe even have on the show. Um, The first one is Possum House, and they're an indie development studio that really 
concentrates on producing experimental and fresh game mechanics yeah. versus rehashing something that's standard in most video games. Their objective is to really concentrate on uh, uniqueness of their games. And their approach is aesthetics is greater than graphics, which reflects in their games that they've made, which are generally kind of like maybe 16-bit type of styling. And they, they use this type of graphics to kind of convey cool mechanics. Some of the, the games that they've done are uh, Shot in the Dark, Heavy is the Crown, and The Sword and the Slime. So some unique games. I uh, recommend checking them out on Itch.io or Steam. And that's Possum House. And so we're excited to find the Possum House booth. Uh, introduce ourselves to the team mm. and uh, maybe uh, see if they uh, they want to come on and talk about uh, what uh, what upcoming project they have working on. They're a local dev too. They're in the tri-state area being New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state. Uh, what about you, Zachary? Is there any team that you're excited about? Yeah, so there's a, a team that calls themselves the Killer Gin uh, and they are working on a project called Killer Gin. Uh, gin spelled G-I-N like the alcohol not d-j-i-n-n like the genie so the killer Jin is a jrpg game that is is coming out kind of in the vein of uh, 16-bit jrpg games of that era so like um your your chrono trigger your final fantasy that sort of stuff however it's also going to be a mix of elements from um some games like stardew valley like having an optional farming element or a dating mechanic which they also describe as being optional so if that's not something you're super into if you're not really into the farming and the dating that you find in stardew valley and you're more just into doing rpg stuff you'll have that going for you but if you're more into say kind of the more laid back style of gameplay that you get from something like stardew valley you'll have that option as well so i like games like stardew valley and harvest moon and animal crossing so i think it would be a game that i would want to um, at least keep my eye on and i'm excited to meet the team uh, i do know that their lead developer is local to boston um, i think their team kind of comes from a bunch of different areas though so um, that is the killer gin and they will be at the convention now, that's going to be our Retro World Expo show. We're going to revisit Retro World Expo after we've attended it. So then we can talk about what we actually saw and whether or not we accomplished our objectives in the show, which are pretty, I would say, are pretty low bars right now. Like, I think I'm going to go with whatever calls to me. So if there's something that calls to me, uh, maybe I'll try and pick it up. But uh, I, I think I might try, maybe if they have like a mister or something, I might buy a mister from them. If they have like a fully loaded mister. Ooh. There, there, there's there's going to be some cool stuff, I think, that you, you'd probably like too. Um, um, uh, like one thing is the controllers that people sell there was a n64 controller that i actually have my eye on which is a thing called the 64 brawler i think and it's a like gamecube style n64 controller which looks nice uh, especially because the n64 controller while i have good memories of it it's kind of a bad controller i feel like the one thing that i would collect would be big box pc games and the problem with those is they take up a lot of space you definitely will find some big box pc games at this convention 
and they will take up a lot of space. And, and yeah, uh, and there's some good ones. Probably some expensive ones too. I mean, there's some rare yeah, stuff out sure. there. Well, anyway, so we'll we'll tell you what we might buy and what we might do once we get back from going to yeah. World Expo. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some footage available and maybe it'll be on our youtube that we never use and we also will be trying to do extra life at some point in time in november as well yeah probably not that weekend for our surprise i mentioned earlier in the show that there was going to be a surprise so i'm here to tell you that surprise and that surprise is about our byway pass segment it's not going away it's getting enhanced so we're still going to call it the bawupa the byway pass but we're putting put a spin on it and this may be a temporary maybe a permanent spin i we thought it was a fun idea and that is that we are going to choose each other's game that we're going to byway pass on so historically in all the previous episodes we've chosen our own byway pass so we have gone through picked a game that we were going to be excited about buying waiting or passing on and let me tell you there's a a thing it's like an unconscious bias though when you pick a game right so when you're going through and you pick a game out you are biased and will pick a game that naturally calls to you right you're going through games you're like oh that game looks cool and you you choose it and it may lead to a more higher rate of buying or waiting on a game right because you're like i picked it out so we we would not necessarily pass and you may realize that as you've listened to the show that we don't primarily pass on a lot of games i don't know if this is going to change it but our byway pass segment in our notes is blank and it's blank because we have written secret notes about the games that we are going to try and get the other one to buy wait or pass on and try to maybe entice them to buy it so how this new segment's going to work is so i'll describe the game see if zach's thinking about where he's right now trending then i'll give them the name of the game and then we will uh cut to a a little small little time warp where he will go look at the game get his first impressions and then come back and give us his final byway pass on it and then he'll do the same for me where uh he'll give me the description of the game i'll say yeah i'm kind of excited about it he'll tell me the name of the game i'll look it up and then i'll decide whether it's byway pass uh, so I'll, I'll go first since this is my segment, new segment. Uh, so this game is going to be out in 2022 and it's being developed by Mechworks. It will eventually be published by Hyper Strange and it is a stylish throwback shooter that's inspired by the mid nineties first person shooter glory days and the legendary doom modding community around it back in the 90s it mixes the retro stylings of the 90s era shooters with very colorful graphics and frantic gameplay Uh, and it creates an experience that's ever so familiar but also exciting and fresh i like the sound of it how you like it so far i like the sound of it so the game is Supplice. Supplice. Yeah, S-U-P-P-L-I-C-E. And we're back. So Zach, what are your what are your thoughts after reviewing the uh, material that's out, the screenshots in the video? Yeah, I mean, from the video, from the screenshots, it's definitely something that I think I would be interested in. It reminds me a lot of games built in the the build engine, which is the engine used to build games like Duke Nukem. I don't actually know what engine it's being used for this. I don't know if it is the build engine or the original Doom engine, just heavily modified, which is possible these days. 
But um, I, yeah, it looks great. I would definitely put this down as a buy. So I think Seth, nice. uh, I think Seth has my uh, has my my interest in his mind. The game was available for demo, may still be available for demo, so you can download it and check it out if you can. I played the first mission of it. It is tough, but it is it's a lot of fun. Very frantic for sure. So the game that for your byway pass, Seth, is uh, a narrative experience that explores the reunion of a broken family from the perspective of their house cat named Aspen. The the question is though, is the cat just a witness or does the animal have a more mysterious role in their lives than we anticipate? It's being developed by uh, a company called Cultic Games and is due out in 2022. What do you think so far? I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I would like to learn more. So this game is called Cats and the Other Lives. We're back. I do enjoy the art style. The art style is, is is very cool. What I like about it is the game is played from the perspective of the cat. So no, none of the people have faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was a nice little touch. Mostly because the cat doesn't really recognize faces. And it looks intriguing enough that I'm going to wishlist it and I'm going to put it down as a wait, I think. All right. See, wait, wait for it to come out. It is coming out in 2022. I will. Um, I definitely thought it was going to be something something different there's a lot of cat games that are coming out i guess you have cat fighting games you have cats where you hang out as a cat and just explore town there's and now there's cats in the other lives but it definitely it jams more like uh, a traditional 2d adventure game which is very much my my thing and uh looks very intriguing so yeah definitely gonna put that down as a weight Mo- i'm mostly putting it down as a weight um because i like 2d adventure games and but I do have to get in the mood for them. Yeah, so that's, fair. I have to, that's fair. The mood to strike me. One day you're like, you know what? I want to play a 2D adventure game where I'm a cat. And then you're going to buy it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's going to be our new Byway Pass segment. So that's going to be what it's going to be like in the future. Yeah. And let us know if you like this format. If you want to contact us and say you listened to that episode, this episode, and you were like, wow, I really liked that new Byway Pass segment, you can send us an email. And that email is classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can also send to Seth at classicgamingbrothers.com, Zach at classicgamingbrothers.com, or even classicgamingbrothers at classicgamingbrothers.com. I, I always say the tried and true way is just classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com in there in that inbox we'll review your email and put you in for the raffle to win a free game and people love free games i mean who wouldn't want free games and it's not just any free game it's a list of games that you can choose from so you get your own choice it's not like we give you a free game that that could be fun though too be like and the free game you get is the mystical adventure of the zumbinis have a fun day <laughs> no matter what game you ask for you're gonna get a copy of zumbinis sent to you as a floppy disk anyway so there's that way of contacting us you can also go to our website which is classicgamingbrothers.com and go on to the contact us form and fill that form out and that magically gets into our inbox and we will read it there and we will respond to you we like to read and respond to all of our emails because we just think that people should be responded to now let's say you wanted to listen to us you can head on over to the lounge 
on the very website that you just wrote to contact us, and you can listen to us with the player that's right there. You can also listen to us on various different podcasting services. You're obviously listening to us on something right now. You can continue to listen to us on that thing, but you can also listen to us on Podbeam, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, Pandora, lots of ways to do it. Now, we get to the part where we will ask you to support us. There's a few ways that you can support us. The number one way to support us is to listen to us. We're a podcast. We're meant to be listened to. So, if you listen to us, you're supporting us. We strive to give you the best content that we can create. We like to make sure that you guys have something to listen to, and we like to deliver it to you on Sunday. So, there it is. Now, if you want to go above and beyond, and you want to, you're like, I really like these classic gaming brothers. I think they're hilarious. I want to continue to support them. What can I do more than just listening to you? I want to do more. Well, you can give us a review. So, you can get on over to iTunes and give us a review, a rating on the iTunes platform, or I'm sure there's way to rate us on whatever platform you're listening to us give us a review and that will help drive listeners give us a follow as well a follow and a like on most of our social medias is great so you can follow us on podbeam you can follow us on facebook which is at classic gaming brothers you can follow us on instagram which is at classic gaming brothers you can follow us on twitch which is twitch.tv slash classic gaming brothers you can even follow us on twitter which is CG Brothers Pod. So you can follow us on any of these social media platforms. That always gives us a, a happy face when people do so. And you can share and spread the word of Classic Gaming Brothers when episodes are released. We really like we like to see when things are shared too. That's fun. So yeah, I we hope that you've enjoyed the content that you've listened to so far. But if this is your first episode, hello. You know, like what welcome to the welcome to the Classic Gaming Brothers experience. They're not all about conventions. And I think you you as a human can identify that by just going through the past and seeing the other episodes so that's gonna be it i think i got everything zach did i miss anything all right shut her down wait seth i forgot one thing it's don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been zach i've been seth we have been the classic gaming brothers that's That's right. right